another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, aka Brutal Gash, currently suffering, I guess, through the biggest Celtics game drought since the offseason. It's been a few days since the Minnesota game, and yeah, still a couple to go before the next revenge game, hopefully. With me, as always, to talk about it all is Newcastle, Australia's, I guess, second worst three-point shooter, probably. It is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going? Good, thanks, man. I, think I, might, I might actually be the worst because I actually, you know, attempt them from time to time, yeah. whereas um, someone else doesn't. You're but, no yeah. coward. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but I'll take that. It's not a bad title to, to, to have. Awesome. Now, look, not with us tonight. Joe, a.k.a. Noah Scrotes McFly, I believe he has a big exam coming up, so he's off being a good bloke and studying. So, Joe, if you're listening, good luck with the exam, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back next week. Coming up on the show, a bit of... Bit of lovable Celtics banter, as always. We're talking Gordon Hayward. We're talking Marcus Smart. We're talking Celtics Reddit with the Reddit recap. But first, Jackson, a couple of days ago, the Boston Celtics fly into Minnesota and defeat the Timberwolves 118-109, to largely thanks to one beautiful man with perfect hair, Gordon Hayward. Uh, thoughts on the game, Jackson? Uh, yeah, it was it was the Hayward game, oh, yeah. wasn't it? It's definitely been been dubbed that, and it was so good to see. I mean, the, the signs have been there. I'm just talking about Hayward here for a sec, but like, yeah, the signs were there that the improvement was on, and it, like, obviously, has correlated with him coming off the bench uh, with a couple of other things. But um, yeah, uh, thirty points, nine was nine boards, eight assists, uh, a couple of yep. steals. Something like that. I might be fudging that a little bit, but yeah, uh, absolutely incredible to see uh, all around. I thought the effort from the team was was excellent. Um, I was I was confident, but a little bit wary. I mean, it had like shades of the kind of the Dallas game all over it for me. Like a, a tricky Western opponent, you know. Since the Butler trade, their defense has gotten far far better. Um, but we put 118 points on them, um, and it was uh, relatively comfortable for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, all things considered, the win is the most important thing. But seeing Hayward ball out like he did, uh, absolutely incredible. And appropriately showered in water and Gatorade at the end there. And uh, he, he earned it, certainly. Yeah, that was so good to see. Like, you know, we'll get to the stats and, you know, the ins and outs of the you know, the keys to the game, as they say. But just seeing Gordon Hayward, like, happy at the end of the game like that and and the team reacting the way they did and just see him put up, like, a legit, like, old-school G game. Uh, it was mm. very, very satisfying to see, and I, I couldn't get enough of like all of the content after the game. Like I just all over Reddit, all over any any sort of platform that would deliver me more content and you know um, insights into the game. It was just so good to see. Like Celtics fans, I think I can speak for everyone when I say we've all been waiting for that moment for a very long time, and for it to come about in the way that it did with all the backstory and everything was was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, like so- you were saying, like it wasn't. Wasn't great to, to start off. Uh, Minnesota, particularly earlier early in the game, had a lot of second chance points. Uh, and they finished the game fifteen to nine in second chance points and went up seven early, um, largely in part due to Taj Gibson and and Rocco Robert Covington just like grabbing heaps of offensive boards and kicking it back out. And Jeff T just being like a little mouse and frustrating and, and getting in there and and like with hustle plays and stuff like that. But um. Then we started to see some of that energy that we've seen from the Celtics in, in you know, games of recent past. Um, you know, Kyrie continued with the high assist numbers, even if he didn't maybe have as good a shooting game as we've seen from him so far. Uh, and we got to the free throw line, 21 from 21 from the line, perfect, mm. and, and getting to the line um, regularly. So there were a lot of really good signs from the game. And, and um, even though it got close towards the end there, I always felt like we were in control of the game. 
Yeah, the the free throw thing, like you said, is actually huge because I mean I, I couldn't even remember the last time we went perfect to the line, even in a small sample size, and if we took like you know ten shots in the game, um, it was it was almost a battle of like the feel good comeback stories of the year because I remember Derek Rose was actually having quite a good game as well too, and I really actually thought um, that there was that second unit of um, of Minnesota that was giving us the most issues. Obviously, Rose was spearheading that, maybe disregarding, you know, a couple of, like, tense moments towards the end there, I thought overall the team performance was just excellent. And I think, like, even though it's all been the big Gordon Haywood love it, I think, like, the most memorable moment of that game uh, had to be the um, the punch pass from Morris to Smart. Yes. And with, like, the rugby pass off the ground uh, for Tatum to Irving back to Tatum, man, that was just poetry. And it's, like, it's getting, you know... The NBA is, is, is not, you know, too fond of the Celtics at the best of times, but there was universal praise for that play. It was just beautiful. Yeah, even in the arena there in Minnesota, like, you could hear everyone kind of be like, ah, ah, no, like, I was like, oh, no, like, for so, like for, for one reason being, okay, like, that's the kind of play that, like, sucks all the momentum away from, like, the team that they're all there cheering for, but also, like, a, like under undertones of appreciation for, like, how awesome it was. and Yeah, uh, that begrudging yeah. sort of, like, oh, that was so good. It's it's the worst feeling when it happens yeah. against you. So, <laughs> hate yeah, to no, admit you it. Lo- you love <laughs> yeah. seeing it, yeah. That was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, so over to the, the next day thread from Reddit, user Leet Speak commented, We've looked like a different team, one with better team chemistry that isn't forced and in rhythm. Yes, we had an ugly start to the season with high expectations on the line, but I truly think we've been through the worst. Our youngsters are figuring out their roles and Kyrie and Hayward back and Hayward is shaking off the dust. The best has yet to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm all for that. Uh, follow-up comment, that one guy, 91, writes, leading up to this game, everyone was talking about Gordon, the great week he had in practice, how something seemed different. It was awesome to have that build that build up culminate in this performance. Um Absolutely, just sort of echoing the sentiments of us, Jackson, and sort of everyone in Celtics fan land as well. It was just truly good to see. And, you know, you can yeah. get away from Gordon Haywood for a little bit. Like, the, the entire team seems to be firing on all cylinders at the moment, starting, you know, 1 through 12, really. Even uh, uh, Time Lord coming in for 0.01 seconds. Classic uh, Time Lord maneuver coming in for that, uh, that 0.01 to him would have been about an hour worth of experience and knowledge. So at least that's what I'm led to believe from um, from his admirer, from his followers. <laughs> and, and who knows what his interpretation, his experience of that moment in time is as a Time Lord. Yeah. That might, He's still living he might it, be I experiencing yeah. that in in multiple. Uh, universes at once who knows so it's um <laughs> we need to get like a sean carroll we need to get like a sean carroll or some physicist on this uh on this pod to give us insights into the time lord because i'm uh, <laughs> there's a lot i'm sure there's a lot to be discussed there yeah uh, we need to get a scientist on yeah with some uh, some actual insights some factual insights on the on the world <laughs> and uh, experiences of a time lord absolutely but yeah like you said gordon hay with 30 points eight assists nine rebounds four or five from three and definitely increased aggressiveness, like looking for his shot more and, and most importantly, making them. Um, I, the one, it's not a negative point, but he's possibly being defended at the moment according to how he's been playing so far this year. And like he's still definitely not there 100% physically. And there were still a few plays where he attempted to get to the hoop and he couldn't and he called for a couple of screens and even then he could sort of barely get to the hoop but i wonder if as he starts to to increase physically if if the defenses on on hayward change a little bit and they start to target him as as more of a like a top tier marquee player and if that yeah affects um and maybe like stabilizes his his rise to to his former self 
Yeah, I, th- I think the more savvy teams we will end up playing, like eventually when we get around to playing like the Warriors um, and etc. I think they will. They won't give Gordon Hayward that kind of respect I guess or it's a disrespect I should say you know in the, the sense that they think that maybe he's not as aggressive or doesn't have the the same oomph that he had before the injury yeah. um, so maybe some of those defenders are just like easing back off him a little bit I think that would be an ill-advised strategy even if you didn't expect Gordon Hayward to perform like he has been performing I mean his passing is is hasn't really missed a beat it, it looks incredible whenever he's you know um, running as a primary or a secondary playmaker um, you can see Kyrie's trying to get him involved more he's obviously trying to get him going a lot more so um, look I think some teams uh, if they if they haven't done their homework on us they'll probably leave him alone but like I think sooner or later they'll start wising up but at the same time if you're going to have more defensive focus on Hayward then that's going to you know potentially leave you know guys like Tatum or guys like Kyrie or guys like Horford open a lot more so um, there's nothing about this situation as in Hayward's improvement that doesn't benefit the Celtics in any way shape or form it's it's uh, it's coming along very nicely yeah absolutely and look if all goes well like teams won't need to look at the scouting report to know that they need to worry about Gordon Hayward they'll just Mm -hmm. know that they need to worry about Gordon Hayward you mentioned Tatum there and it's all part of like the guys on this team settling into their roles. Tatum, 19 and 9, 9 rebounds. Um, just like a nice, tidy Tatum game. Like he hit some timely shots yeah. um, and just completely played like within the flow of the offense. So uh, maybe only very few pull-up twos that were sort of in, in an ISO fashion. And for the most part, he just looked like completely at one with the offense and the rest of the team, which is really exciting. Yeah. I was going to say, going back to that that fast break play again too, when he got the ball from Marcus, his first instinct was just to launch that straight across to Kyrie. Like, they obviously yeah. knew how to run that play there, whereas I think, like, you know, speculating here, but, like, maybe if he, if he didn't have, you know, if he wasn't as good of a player, maybe the first instinct would have been to, to take it to the rim or, like, pass the ball a little bit later or whatnot. It still probably would have worked out. It was a two-on-one, come on, but... Uh, yeah, just just the awareness and just the, the, sh- the sharpness that he had just to launch that pass straight away. It was... um He, he was very focused there. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about Marcus Smart as well, but just a, a quick final point on, on Gordon Hayward. Uh, I was thinking about this, and there's been a lot of talk since he's, you know, maybe one or two back-to-back good games where he looks like his old self, where now we're sort of second-guessing ourselves and, and should he or should he not come off the bench? Um, but a, mm-hmm. a lot of good, obviously, has come out of the fact that we've that we've been bringing him off the bench in these games. And, you know, we've got Mook... Mook Morris on a contract year thinking about it and like worst case scenario we continue with this lineup that's obviously working well for us and Gordy in his you know injury comeback year coming off the bench like worst case next year we probably lose Marcus Morris if he continues to play as well as he does he um, values himself at a price tag that we cannot afford there goes Marcus Morris thus opening up a spot in the starting lineup insert Gordon Haywood even further away from that and uh, that that injury, that terrible injury, and and that might be the most organic way for him to find his way back into the starting lineup. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that's um, that's a very believable scenario, certainly. I mean, particularly if um, if Mook continues to ball out the way that he is, I mean, uh, it, someone's going to offer him money, and we're not. I don't think we'll have the capabilities to match that. Um, and that would be a shame. But yeah, if 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 that happens, and um, the 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 next thing to happen as a result of that is Gordon Hayward just comes back into the starting lineup. That's hardly a downgrade yeah. in any capacity there. Um, as for, you know, putting him back into the lineup, like, now, um, 
you feel like inevitably he will force his way back in there, like whether or not that's at the expense, whether that comes because of an injury or someone's form drops to the point where, you know, it's it, it would just be silly to keep Hayward on the bench and whatnot. But, um, I mean, we, we, were, we were in a real mire before we, you know, change the starting lineup. And again, that was as a result of some injuries and whatnot. But now that we're firing and now that we've got it going, I think you've got to keep the starting lineup as is, you know, whether or not that means Bain starts or Horford starts or, or whatever, like, you know, in, in, in the four or the five. But, um, you know, as we're currently going, I mean, I wouldn't want to change it. What we've got going now is is really promising and really exciting. So um, I'm, I'm happy to roll with it. And I'm sure Gordon, given the results and given the way that everything's going, I think he's quite happy to come off the bench for now anyway. Yeah, it's like when you build a house of cards and you finally have that structure standing and you just like back away from it slowly and don't touch it, mm. else you'll ruin yeah. it. It's, it's basically like that. Uh, moving on to Marcus Smart, Uncle Blazer, user Uncle Blazer commented... Marcus Smart's impact really is immeasurable. Him in the starting lineup is exactly what we needed. It just doesn't show up in the box score. So I had a look at the box score. Marcus Smart, six points, three assists, two rebounds. Two of four from the field, all three. So he shot 50% from the on the arc and four mm-hmm. steals. Um, I think if you if you did a deeper dive into hustle stats and deflections and, and things like that, uh, then you'd see a lot more sort of that doesn't necessarily make it into the box score. But... Uh, I didn't even think to check the box score. Like I just, I watched that game and I was like, Marcus might had a great game, you know. And then yeah, um, Uncle Blaze is right. You look at the box score and you're like, well, hang on a second, it, it doesn't, it's not quantifiable almost. Yeah, that, I think that really works in in his favor. Actually, no, I'll rephrase that. I think that really works in our favor a lot too. You know, particularly now that you know he had the contract year last year. I think we got him on a really good price. You know, if his yeah. if his box score, if his stats were were a bit sexier, you know, that could have added a few more million to that price. And I think I have no doubt we would have matched it regardless. But it, that could have been problematic going forward in the future. Yeah. So uh, I get the feeling, Marcus, it really isn't that asked about stats, at least not the the form of Marcus Smart I'm seeing at the mo- at the moment. I think he, the one thing that Marcus Smart is concerned with is winning. And, and you can, you can see that f- from miles away. You know, he doesn't care how it gets done. Um, he puts his body on the line. He, he's the spiritual leader of this team, as we've like reiterated, you know, to death many times here. Um, but uh, yeah, that dude's just all about the team and all about getting the result. And I think that's, it's really, is exactly what uh, this squad needed given, you know, the struggles that we had earlier in the season. Yeah, he's all about the wins. That's the only stat he actually cares about. It's all about being like just a jacked, like badass. Like I, I think it was it was maybe <laughs> opening night this season or in the playoffs last year where he wore that, like, I, I don't know, like a Bruce Lee outfit and he just like walks in with yeah, like the eight right. pack and just like looking cool as fuck. Um, like he, he, you're right. He is our mascot. Like we should follow the lead of that fucking guy. Like he is awesome. Uh, and he's doing awesome things in the starting lineup, which is interesting. We were talking earlier today when we were planning for this podcast about the the backcourt of of Kyrie and Marcus Smart. And surely, if we looked up like backcourt stats in the NBA, we would uh, see amazing things in, in terms of those two guys, Kyrie and Smart, being ranked above all in maybe offensive rating or defensive rating or something like that, some sort of standout stat. Um, and so that led us down this rabbit hole. Uh, earlier today, Jackson, where we're looking at stats.nba.com and, and looking at combinations for the Celtics and ranking two-player combination lineups for the Celtics, playing uh, more than 30 minutes together over the past five games. Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. This is where I'm going off track a little bit because I was expecting to see Kyrie Irving and Marcus Smart. Kyrie Irving yeah. and Gordon Hayward. Top offensive rating 
128.7. And just sorting it again, nearly the best defensive rating at 89. So if you had told me those Oof. stats at the beginning of the season, that they would be our, our best um, two-man combination, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised. But given where we've come from, given the slow start to the season and Gordon Hayward not necessarily playing to form uh, initially, um, that's really awesome awesome to see. And that's probably how it should be. I know I'm digressing a little bit because we're talking about Marcus Smart, but it's it's investigating Marcus Smart's impact that led us to that that awesome finding, I guess. So that's, that's really good to see. And that's how it should be. It should be Kyrie and Gordon leading the way for the team. So... Yeah, anyway. definitely. And I mean the uh, and like the if you look at the 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 offensive ratings for like Marcus Smart and Kyrie Irving as well, I think it's it, it's no it's nowhere near as good, but it's still it's not bad at all. I mean, obviously the sample size of the last five games um, has been a good one because we've been playing very well, yeah, very it's well like since we've been but, good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to- totally. So you know you can pick holes in that all you want, but I mean like there's no really like you know fudging the numbers. You know they 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 look very good for where they're at. Getting back to Marcus Smart. User MJ Rocky actually posted the highlight we were talking about earlier. I had to give a shout out to MJ Rocky because, you know, someone packaged it up and, and put it out there on Celtics Reddit for all of us. But that, that Marcus Smart off his back, behind the behind the head pass, whatever, however you want to call it. You know, when you see things that you haven't ever seen before, they can be difficult to describe. So thank you, MJ Rocky, for posting the visual, you know, description, you know, the actual thing, if you will, to, to Celtics Reddit for us to watch over and over again. And it had the multiple angles and all the things that, you know, weren't necessarily um, on the initial, um, like, stream or ball links that were posted to Reddit. So thank you for that. Um, Smart's pick and roll defense is worth noting. So if you watch him closely, compared to other guards, he... Switches onto the big in in pick and roll defense, and then like like ducks down into the paint, following the big man. And Al will will stick on the guard, and Al is wonderful in his own right, and can and can guard guards on the perimeter. Marcus Smart is like six three, six four, just like plunges down under the bucket with a big man, like with Carl Anthony Towns or Taj Gibson or whoever, and just like defends the fuck out of them, and is so good yeah. at just keeping them off off their mark, which is amazing. Like, for a guard to be able to do that and to be, sh- be able to shoot as well as he has been recently, at the contract that, that he's on at the moment and with his shooting and his defense and everything that he's doing, it's got to be one of the best contracts in the, in the NBA, surely. It's uh, Yeah, if you ask me, certainly. I think if you ask a lot of Celtics fans, we'll definitely say that as well. But, like, yeah, how you're saying he's pick and roll, you know, when he runs a pick and roll, he'll always switch on to, like, the bigger man. Like, that's that, that's a mismatch, you know, to, to everyone else yeah. in the NBA. <laughs> that, but for us, it's like, it, it's the right... It's it's the right dude you want on that on on the big because you know he, he's he's not intimidated he's mega tough he's a lot stronger than he looks too um you know a lot has been made about like how he flops inverted commas and whatnot but obviously we we can see you know times when he he, he draws the fouls and stuff yeah. so he's a, he's a real nightmare for for any you know bigs to 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 have on him um and i i think it's kind of i i did see this in the in the thread on the sub somewhere and i i do apologize to whoever said it because i'm not going to be able to remember but it was something like uh only marcus smart could have like a contract year the year after his contract yeah. year, you know what i mean everyone expects that <laughs> once you get your yeah. money you're going to like have a bit of regression or you're going like, to take your foot off of the gas it, it's almost like <laughs> He he's he's actively repaying the organization for the contract. It's like, all right, sweet, you pay me now. I'm going to give you even more, and that's just 
like an absolutely exceptional attitude for any in any profession whatsoever to go after that. So I mean, we're in danger of this podcast just being the big Marcus Smart love him. But I mean, my God, he's just he's just outstanding. Joe's going to be kicking himself. He's not on this episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so much Marcus Smart related content to to celebrate. Uh, speaking of which, user Skywalker Thompson wrote. Smart in the starting lineup has been such a dream. After a few more games, if Hayward keeps up this aggressiveness, a lineup of Irving, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, and Horford would feast. Which mm. I guess it goes back to, you know, Brad Stevens says this all the time, but it's not necessarily who starts the game. It's who ends the game. And I probably should have looked this up before we started this podcast, let's be honest, but it was pretty close to that exact lineup that finished the game with with Hayward in there like splashing those threes at the end and and you know Marcus Morris obviously in some some early foul trouble so um yeah I mean he's probably right there's lots to be excited about lots of spicy combinations yeah and I mean we, we haven't even probably won't get around to it but like with Jalen Brown's impending return, man, if, if he can get back to any kind of form that we kind of hope for him or expect for him, or if he can he, he can have a similar like kind of uptick like we've seen from some of these other guys, then we're getting dangerously close to like all the dreamland optimism that we had before the season starts. So uh, yeah, it, it's just looking like good things on the horizon. We just gotta we just gotta hope there's no <laughs> there's no bastard injuries because that's like if I'm, if I'm honest, there's one thing that bothers me the most right now is that now that everything's starting to look good, I'm just waiting for someone to go down with something broken. And so t- I'm touching a lot of wood yeah. right now that that's not going to happen. Um, and again, you can't really prevent that, can you? Particularly if, you, if you're going to play hard like Marcus and if everyone's going to follow his lead, then things like that are inevitably going to happen. But I mean, for the most part, everything as is currently, it's it, it's all it's all good. Yeah, speaking of those bastard injuries, uh, they ran the alley-oop play for Gordon Hayward. Um, and the collective Celtics fan butthole puckered like it, it was <laughs> yeah. a really was a frightening moment i was terrified and it took a while for my heart rate to return to normal after that let's put it that yeah, way yeah i can i can only imagine how he feels i mean I, I, there must be a part of his uh, in, inside his mind that's just like Every time he goes up for the alley oop, he's gonna he's gonna get that re- like revenge on the rim or something yeah. for whatever reason. He's gonna he's gonna make sure it goes down. Like either he is very conscious of it, and he's using it as, using it as motivation, or it's it's completely out of his mind and he's just focused on the play. And like I think it doesn't matter which of those it is. You know the fact that he's confident enough and the team's confident enough in him to run those plays and it's not deterring them in any way, shape, or form. Then um you know again just more more excellent progress yeah it was like i was actually impressed that they they went for it but uh you know like in kill bill when um like she sees like an adversary and it's like everything flashes the like music. red and there's like the sirens yeah like whenever yeah. that like whenever i know it's not a perfect analogy but like that's kind of what goes through my mind when i see Hayward like going up for attempts like that like it's just yeah. It's too soon, man. It's too soon. It'll be the, the the circle will be will be complete, so to speak. I think when they run that play, and he can actually dunk on LeBron. So yes. you know that's that. I I I have I'm absolutely certain that's coming. Maybe not this season. Maybe maybe not. You know, as soon as we like. But I'm certain at some point in time that that's he he's going to get that alley oop <laughs> that he meant to hit to <laughs> a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now uh, look, a couple of very quick notes before we move on to the Reddit recap. Uh, 14 turnovers for the Celtics, allowing 18 points off turnovers. You know, it's it's been, you know, we, we've been all positive pretty much on the for the most part on this podcast so far. Um, but I think this team can play a lot better, 
and there were some pretty unnecessary turnovers, some pretty foolish turnovers allowing those 18 points, and it could have been a total blowout had we prevented even even half of those. So um, definitely room for improvement there. The other thing, Kyrie Irving quoted after the game, now we're just playing. Gordon's being Gordon now. Guys are competing on both ends of the floor, um, which is absolutely right. And if you look at um, some of the league rankings, specifically offensive and defensive rating across the league over the past five games, which again is that sort of juicy segment that could be titled when we be playing good. Uh, <laughs> offensive rating, Boston Celtics, second, uh, half a uh, a point behind the Houston Rockets. So the Houston Rockets are first, 117.9 offensive rating. The Celtics, second, 117.4, which I double, double took, double taked at when I saw because... You, you know, this has been a defensive-minded team under Brad Stevens, and you look at yourself that high in the offensive rating. I say look at myself. Look at our team that we follow <laughs> and report on. Uh, second in offensive rating. Uh, amazing. And then in defensive rating, seventh overall behind some, you know, some pretty high-performing teams as well at 104.2. Yeah. So, amazing stuff. I was... I'm sure someone's written about this, but there's got to be some sort of rule of thumb where if you're, I think if you're in the, I'd say if you're for the top, if you're top ten for offense and and defense, then you're you've got to be a contender, right? And I think if you're in the top five for one and the top ten for the other, then that you've, well, I'd say you're a championship contender. Before I was gonna say maybe you're a very good team if you're in the top ten for both. Yeah. But if you're in the top five for one and the top ten for the other, um, yeah, then then we're, you're talking championship contenders there. So again, small sample size. We don't want to get too excited here, but I mean. Yeah, those are those are some pretty 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 juicy and exciting stats to uh, to mull over. Yeah, and yeah, it's a small sample size, but I think the, the takeaway is that it's familiar. Like, it's not the first time we've seen basically this squad play this well. Yeah, and it's like okay, they're they're back, they're doing their thing. It's not like this anomaly. It's like them back to who they who they who we know they can be essentially. Anyway, yeah. all all good stuff. Uh, look, we're gonna take a quick break and be back in a moment for the Reddit recap. Guys, we are back for the Reddit recap. We're going to start with user Christian1229 posted a tweet on Celtics Reddit by Toucher and Rich. Mike Gorman just announced that he just signed a brand new three-year deal with NBC Sports Boston. One of the best in the business is sticking around for a while. Uh, To which I I say, hell yes. Um, Kyle Draper, you seem like a nice person. You seem like a a great guy, (laughs) but there's a certain standard that uh, us in Celtics Lander are used to, and that standard has been set and maintained by Mike Gorman, and I'm glad to hear that he's going to be around for a little while longer. Jackson, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've um, I, I've been watching the Celtics not as long as as everyone else has, I think, who have, uh, who are on this sub, maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, all I've ever known is is him and Tommy basically for like the majority of the regular season games. Um, they're just synonymous with uh, with with watching the games for me, and it's like as much as I love Scal, and I think as as good as Kyle Draper can be, yeah, those two together are outstanding. So the fact that he's going to be around for three more years, and the fact that he he doesn't even appear to be remotely like losing it or like yeah borderline senile like marv albert can be sometimes and stuff he's still very sharp and and good at his job so that's that's a brilliant decision that's a brilliant uh yeah business decision (laughs) yeah nbc boston he he hasn't lost a step like he's still he's so smooth like he uh, just the um like the pre-game stuff where they're, they're on camera he's so smooth he's just consistently smooth um yeah and it's like he was born to do that so and our and our commentators rile up the other uh, the, the rest of the rival team so much and it, I, I i love the 
the fact that it boils their piss <laughs> that <laughs> much too. Yeah. So I'm more, yeah. more for You're it. You're talking Tommy Heinsohn, right? right? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I like the I like the home away sort of combo with with Scal because Scal is capable of some insights. Um, like uh, someone who played more in the modern game that I think that Tommy yeah. Heinsohn isn't, and so therefore it's appropriate that in Boston, in you know the Garden, you've got Tommy Heinsohn who's just like Boston as fuck, just like doing his thing. I think that's that's <laughs> perfect. Um, and user Shill Audition writes Mike and Tommy. Were the announcers when I was in college. I love them then, and I love them now. In my mid fifties, in a world of change, I like that they are still doing this. Hell yeah, Shill Edition. That's that's awesome. Glad that you've had such a stretch of um, of enjoying Mike and Tommy. We're gonna move on. User Nike Bauer uh, posted a tweet from Brian Robb. Kyrie Irving said he wants to see Gordon Hayward look for his shot more. Spoke to him about it this week. So obviously, this kind of goes back in the timeline. Um, from what we were talking about earlier, but uh, I thought given that we didn't talk about this on the last episode, uh, it was important to bring up because of how much of an effect like this this comment from, from Kyrie Irving um, has had on, on Gordon Hayward and on the team as general and that, and that it's to be celebrated that Kyrie Irving is like filling these leadership shoes so yep. much. Totally. Uh, yeah, we, we, we go on about Marcus Smart being like the spiritual leader of the team and, um, I mean, and obviously Hayward's, you know, got to get the work done himself and overcome his own psychological hang-ups if he's got any and left but um yeah just a moment here to talk about like how, how much of a leader Kyrie is really turning into be you know he's he is I think universally realized as our as our best player he is he was the number one pick he was he's got the championship ring perennial all-star all that kind of shit um so the fact that he is like really embracing the role and he's really like, particularly to like someone like Gordon Hayward saying, Hey man, I need you to get into the game. I want you to find your shot more. And he's looking for him as well too. You know, um, you know, don't underestimate Kyrie Irving's role in, you know, the success of this team so far. Cause like, like again, he had a slow start like everyone else too. He got his game right probably before everyone else started getting it together, man. But, um, you know, we can talk about Marcus Smart being on the, starting and everything that he brings to the team and everybody else but I mean if you ask me I really honestly feel like the season thus far Kyrie Irving is really really at the center and is kind of the heart of of all the good things that are happening so far at least you know at least a big part of that certainly yeah ever since he came out and sort of said that he no longer thinks the earth is flat like things are going really well for him things are going yeah. really well for us it's uh... and when he said he would re-sign as well too so I, f- yeah. I feel like um I feel like he I feel like there's a mutual understanding between the organization and him that he's going nowhere. So he, he he's playing the long game now. He wants to win and he wants to get everyone, you know, kind of involved. And I guess saying he's playing the long game, wanting to win now is like, you know, not really, they don't really correlate, but like you can, you can tell he's really embracing the leadership role. And that's something you don't do if you're, you know, you're thinking about your next contract. You know, I don't, I don't get any of those vibes from Kyrie at all. He's, uh, he, he's, he's here. Yeah, totally. And a Reddit user SCS22 writes, this is what a leader does. If the one guy with the ultra green light to shoot any shot tells you that you should be shooting more, you start to think maybe you should. Good call. And it's, it's had such a good effect on Gordon Hayward. Small sample size. And we've been talking in segments of last five games, and it's really only been the last two games that we've really seen Gordy come into his own. But um, look, I'm really excited about what's coming ahead. Now, another user, user Brutal Gash. A familiar, guy. familiar Celtics <laughs> Reddit person. It's a tweet from Jay King of the Locked On Celtics podcast. And, sorry, the Locked On Celtics podcast. Yeah, that's what they're called. And uh, of The Athletic, of course. The Celtics are plus 52 with Gordon Hayward on the court over his last five games. That's good for a plus 21.3 net rating. 
this feels important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brutal Gash is definitely onto something here when he says it feels important. Uh, yeah, I mean, plus, plus 21, 3. I mean, that's like, that'll probably get you the highest plus minus on, you know, on just about any game on any regular night. So, again, I feel like the, the mantra of this um, of this game, is of this pod so far, is small sample size. But, um, yeah. again, the plus 52 with an average of plus 21.3 is, um, you know, again, just, just more evidence that the Gordon Hayward train is... is Picking back up and 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 rolling along nicely. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, user RGE BWM also on board writes. I wonder if this is how Hayward becomes our Ginobili. Interesting. Mm. Um, you know, we talked about him probably being uh, at the very latest inserted into the starting lineup again next year after we lose Mook Morris. Interesting uh, narrative. Interesting storyline that I hadn't considered. Any any Ginobili love there, Jackson? Uh, if he could, if he could uh, be a servant to us like Ginobili was for the Spurs, then um, then that's then that would be obviously outstanding. I mean, he w- I wouldn't even have to bring in the same amount of rings that Ginobili brought in yeah. uh, to the Spurs for for me to for me to you know to absolutely love him to death. Um, but you know, it's a fair comparison. You know, like you know, the the scoring, the passing, the role. Um, the role exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, uh, controversial maybe but maybe the skin color as well maybe some <laughs> why they're saying Ginobili as well too but i mean um yeah dude i mean that's um that's a pretty that's a pretty high praise and probably an accurate one too yeah i mean talk about the skin color um like gordon hayward is uh pasty let's be honest he's 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 very yeah. he's he's very pasty. From my, he's like from my work, our work of the woods, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sort of stay inside, watching Celtics games all day, sort of skin tone. Uh, and one thing I noticed in the last few games, and even like before he started to put up good stats, but when he started trying harder and, and driving uh, more decisively, he when he gets that like like fuck you look in his eyes when he's when he's driving hard and, and really really trying to go and make something happen, he turns pink like pink with fury. Uh, and a pink, pink Gordy is what we want in a, on our team. I think pink B- Gordy wow. is the best Gordy, and if we can achieve uh, a nightly pink Gordy, um, then maybe we can achieve a deep playoff run or maybe even a championship. So you know, when Gordy's pink, things are going well for us and, and for him, and, and you know, for everyone involved in, in Celtics um, fandom. So the, the pink, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to find a way to make the, the pink Gordy uh, a, a thing. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It's it's it's, it's, it's real. It's, it's, pink it's Gordy it, is real. Yeah, man. It doesn't it doesn't sound intimidating, but man, you see you see Pink Hayward coming at you, Pink Gordy coming at you, man. You you better watch yeah, out. Yeah, so, you yeah. best get out of the way. <laughs> it's a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And on on that thread, so there's you know a nice little uh, comment thread under that that tweet posted uh, the the J King tweet. User Phantom two four one five writes the best play for me was his drive and layup on Wiggins. No hesitation from the three point line. Just caught it and exploded to the basket. Dare I say it? He looked pink during that drive. Uh, in my opinion, the single most explosive play I've seen uh, from him, or seen him have this year, rather, once he finishes that type of drive with a dunk, uh, like the Hayward of old, he's back 100%, which is um, a good place to end the Reddit recap, I think. That, that really sums it up nicely. So just some news on the team real quickly before we wrap this one up. User all creatives with a, a pair of tweets that he's posted to to Celtics Reddit. The first one is, is from the, the Celtics Twitter account saying Brad Stevens said yesterday was a day off, but everyone came in to get in some individual work. Today's practice will be similar to the last Wednesday's competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that's par for the course with most professional teams. I assume it's probably not, but I also assume you get it a lot when the vibe around the team is positive 
and there's a good feeling and there's a good unity amongst anyone. So that speaks volumes to me of like where the team mentally is compared to probably where it was a few weeks ago. Again, they could have been coming in on days off all the time to get practice in, but I mean, you can't not... I, I just I just don't see a world where guys coming in to get extra reps on their day off yeah. leads to poor performances or anything like that. So that's excellent to hear. Yeah, I think when we're watching the 2018-2019 Celtics uh, Championship documentary, this this part of the season <laughs> uh, is going to be a really exciting like episode or chapter. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, another another tweet posted by user all creatives uh, by John Corrales, host of the uh, the wonderful Locked On Celtics podcast. Marcus Smart said, "I'm constantly telling these guys that a lot of games we win aren't going to be pretty. If you're trying to be pretty, then this isn't the game for you. You have to be willing to get your nose bloody." Awesome, awesome from my Definitely. man Marcus Smart. Yeah, another another little smartism to <laughs> to cap us off there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, maybe this isn't news. I mean. We haven't put this on our run sheet, but we we did uh, part ways with uh, the Lemon Party, one uh, Walter Lemon Jr. Oh, um, yes, yes. But, and I, it was looking kind of spicy for a couple of days there. Like, oh, like they're making a roster spot open for, for maybe a trade or something like that. But everything's kind of, you know, the dust has settled from that um, and and we've all moved on. So, yeah, I guess this- I was going to say maybe a quick shout out to uh, the uh, I think they've dubbed him the uh, the PJ Bulldoze Dozier, oh, yeah. Dozier or yeah. whatever it is. He has yeah, some good minutes. If you're talking about guys like far into the bench, I mean uh, his cameo against the Cavs was was exceptional. So, um, I mean, uh, best of luck to Walter Lemon. You know, we hardly knew you, but um, if it gets um, uh, the Bulldozer some more minutes and we can see more of that then um, you can definitely expect to see him around more often and uh, yeah I definitely like what I saw of him so far I mean obviously <laughs> yeah. come on and get buckets and, and just bury the Cavs even more than they were that that's a great sign but um, uh, yeah yeah uh, shame about the lemon but um, all aboard the uh, the bulldozer yeah absolutely now we haven't listed this in our news segment I, I guess it's been a, a slow news week uh, around the Celtics which isn't necessarily a bad thing at least that sort of indicates a, a lack of mm-hmm. of drama or bad news but Jalen Brown uh, is apparently healthy now and he'll be he'll be joining the team uh, against the Knicks uh, in a couple of days um, he he said openly when he was interviewed recently that he'd be open to coming off the bench um, if it, if it um, was conducive to wins for the Celtics. Uh, how, how are you feeling about this, Jackson? Like, do you think that we should immediately throw him back into the, the starting lineup, or do you think that we should bring him off the bench along with Gordy? Or like, what's what's your take? Yeah, I would be very surprised to see him start. Uh, I think he's definitely going to come off the bench. Um, but I think um, hope, but I do also think that this will be the start of um, of, of Jalen really coming back to uh, back to being the player that we we know he can be and that he will be. Yeah, I think it's important that he he sort of dials it back and. They they slowly reintegrate him a la Gordon Hayward, like we saw, we spoke about it earlier in the show, but we've seen a lot of good come from the sort of gradual reintegration of Gordon Hayward. I think that if Jalen Brown follows a similar model, um, we slowly reintegrate him back into the team. Not only is that good for him as a player, but it's good for the team and it's good for his role. Um, I, I think that's probably the best way to do things, but you know, I'm sure Brad Stevens... Knows what he's doing, but you know, of course, he listens to the show, and so it's good that we give him our two cents. Yeah, um, shout out Jalen. Yeah, and again, even if even if you're not even if you're not a fan of his play so far this year, you would rather have him in your squad, fit and healthy, even if he's not playing as much, than not having him at all. So again, all good to have him back. 
Yeah, absolutely. Exciting times. Now, look, we've got the we've got the Knicks coming up on Thursday night. We've got the Bulls on Saturday night and the Pelicans on Monday night. Uh, fast forward a day if you're in the Australia, New Zealand region. Uh, the Knicks, uh, four and six in their last 10. And Trey Burke, the recent Celtic killer, is doubtful for that game, which is very exciting. Um, hopefully, that's a bit of a re- revenge game for us. I, I very much hope and expect to see Gino up on the, uh, on the Jumbotron there. The Bulls mm-hmm. are on a seven-game losing streak uh and we absolutely killed them last time and we weren't even really peaking at that point so again um unless the the guys just come out and expect to have the game handed to them then i expect a win there as well and obviously the pelicans might be looking to uh to you know avenge their their previous loss to us so that's probably going to be the most interesting of the three games coming up yeah i was going to say that for me that looks like three wins all over it Probably more coming from the fact of the momentum that we've got. The only thing that kind of worries me a little bit is that we, we started to hit this fantastic streak and then we've been like just, just slapped with like four, five days off straight. So I think maybe this Knicks game, I think maybe the first quarter, maybe the first half, if we do start to look a little rusty, I mean, I'd like to implore everyone not to lose their minds yeah. and go and go nuts. It's probably just the lack of reps we've had over the past week. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm expecting the Knicks not to be as straightforward a win as maybe we would like to think. I still think that's going to be a win. The Bulls, I really don't see how we, we lose that game. Um, and the Pelicans obviously will be out for revenge, but they've been uh, patchy to say the least. So um, his, uh, his Hoping for another three wins, and uh, yeah, the the climb up the east continues. Yep, absolutely, nice, good stuff, Jackson. All right, that's going to do it for this episode, episode thirty-four. The truth couldn't get to episode mm-hmm. thirty-four and not shout out Paul Pierce. Episode thirty-four of the Celtics Reddit podcast. If you want to support our little show here, please subscribe. Subscribe on multiple devices, even uh, rate five stars and share the podcast with your mates. The best way to reach out is to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode or follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. Jackson, have yourself a good week. Thanks again, mate. Likewise, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Go Celtics. Peace. Peace.